Hi friends, welcome to the Mobile Bev Pros podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing mobile bar professionals with the information they need to succeed. I'm your host and fellow mobile bar owner, Sarah Murphy. Each episode, I'll be bringing you interviews, knowledge, anecdotes, or opinions with the goal of assisting you in building a profitable, sustainable, and scalable mobile bar business that will support the lifestyle you dream of. I'm excited for today's episode, so let's get started. Today, I'm here with Sandra Vega from Riviera Sips out of Santa Barbara, California. She has offered to share with us a little bit about her background in marketing and social media. One of the things I love most about this industry is how a lot of times people are drawn to it, but from various different professions. And together, even though we're all doing the same thing of slinging drinks and starting a mobile bar, we have something unique and different to offer the community. And you very graciously, Sandra, offered to share your expertise in your specific kind of career niche with the rest of us. And actually we connected because you made an open call in the member Facebook group for a social media audit almost. So Sandra, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and how you got into the mobile bar space? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to all the podcast episodes. I'm in the Facebook group. I read everyone's answers and Just the fact that this resource and community exists blew my mind when my husband and I were launching our mobile bar. We launched it this summer and we did it very fast. It's kind of our nature. We both work in tech. We like to have a lot of projects going on. So we thought, okay, mobile bar, let's go. Let's set this up. And at that time, I was in between jobs. So luckily, I was able to really focus on it for a whole month, which is the most I've ever had (laughs) in between jobs. But yeah, so we were inspired. I probably want to say maybe two years ago. So we love wine. We're in Santa Barbara, California, which I don't know if anyone here has a chance to visit or if you have Sarah, but huge wine country, beautiful area. So we love wine. We love drinking wine, but we also love bubbly specifically. So I really wanted to launch some kind of like bubbly cart. My vision was having tafts and having sparkling wine coming out of it and just having a grand old time. And this was way before I dived into what a mobile bar was, what all the rules and regulations. And soon after doing some research, I learned that in California, it's really, really hard to find sparkling wine in a cake format. So, okay, <laughs> I thought let's, let's kind of move away from this niche and let's just have a mobile bar in general where we can serve more than sparkling. And also last year, my husband and I, we got married. And this is two days before the lockdown. We were very lucky that we were actually able to have the wedding. And I planned her wedding, did the whole bar, and definitely ran into some little snafus that I now understand the do's and don'ts of setting up a wedding bar. So I really did realize that the bar is a huge component of any event, especially the wedding. Like all your all your friends, families, they're going to be heading to the bar right after your ceremony. They're going to be there most of the party, interacting with the bartender, drinking all the drinks that you've created. So I definitely learned that's a huge piece. And you could really F it up <laughs> or not based on what you're doing. And I definitely made some mistakes when I was doing it. So that was really kind of the large inspiration of why we launched our mobile bar business this summer. But yeah, so Riviera Sips is an ode to where we live, to where we're both from, Santa Barbara. And it's often referred as the American Riviera because it's beautiful. You see coastlines here, there's a mountain range and tons of wineries and kind of a little bit of European feel. So we thought we want to definitely 
pay tribute to, to our roots, to where we grew up in and the amazing community that we have here. But yeah, so this mobile bar business really has been a side hustle for both of us. Like I mentioned, we're both in, from tech backgrounds. He does advertising, I do marketing. And I've been doing marketing for, oof, I want to say it's been maybe 10 years now. And I really started doing marketing with the passion of helping small businesses. And I, I primarily, so I do marketing, but I do really focus on social media marketing. That's my, my biggest focus so far in the last few years. And I started off, I remember doing social media for a retail store when I was again in between jobs during the summer. And the owner, like she's the sweetest person ever. She's still one of my good friends. She said, Hey, um, like that was right when Facebook was really starting to be a thing. Um, she said, Hey, you're young. Do you want to manage my social media? And I did that and I loved it. I created content. I took photos for her, you know, trying to get like the sell all the promos that she was doing. And I realized I want to do this professionally. I want to do this for other brands or even small businesses. And that was my inspiration. And that's really where I took off in the marketing realm. I think one of the most exciting points in my career and jobs that I've had that really prepped me now for what I'm doing is when I was working um, at Twitter in San Francisco. This was about four years ago. And I was working specifically in the small and medium business department, helping actual small businesses learn how to tweet, who to follow. At that point, Twitter is kind of a platform where a lot of marketers didn't really know what to do with it and still sometimes don't, which I totally get. <laughs> I mean, it's not for all the businesses and you shouldn't be on there all the time. But, and that's what really kind of prepped me and primed me where I realized that I really love doing this. So I love helping small businesses. I love sharing my knowledge. And even with just little tips here and there, it can really make a big impact in what they're doing. So since then, I've worked in other tech fields. I went into like the grocery realm for a while. I used to work at Imperfect Foods and other smaller startups. So I've really managed social media across different kinds of industries and in both like really early stage startups with maybe six to eight people to like the bigger corporations and brands. And what I love about each job is I really get to learn the voice and tone of each brand persona and get to talk as them on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And I definitely carry that over in our current mobile bar business where I'm really stepping in, you know, as the rollouts, as the owner and the creative and really sharing our story. And I love it because I also get to really flex my creative powers in a whole different way in a whole different industry that I didn't really have a ton of experience in before. And I get to own it, right? You know, we do it for ourselves now, which kind of, even if I'm laid up at night, can't sleep, I have all these content ideas, I get up and do it because I just love it. Yeah, I love this. I love the energy behind it. I will be honest in that I talk to a lot of mobile bar owners and it's not unusual for us to get people in this space that have some sort of background in the creative arts, whether it is marketing or event design or something like that, right? Where, because I think there's something, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's something about the mobile bar space that is very visual and yeah. sexy almost. You've done, it sounds as though you've done social media and marketing for a lot of different types of businesses. So what stands out to you or stood out to you mm -hmm. about this particular industry versus other industries when it came to the marketing, the brand development? I would say just the people and the fact that it really is a heavily people industry. Um, like even just meeting clients or uh, prospects and hearing their stories, 
about how they met, if it's a wedding or if it's a, a birthday party or an anniversary, just hearing their stories and, and being able to make those connections and translating them into a creative is so powerful and so inspiring. I mean, and like you mentioned, these mobile bars that I see, you know, on Instagram, they're, they're beautiful. People really do such a good job. And even just the general, the event industry is such a visual one where you want to see the setups, you know, you want to see the beautiful florals and balloons and all these beautifully colored drinks and everything. You need to have that visual component in order to really convey that across any prospect clients. So, and it's really fun because, I mean, you can take, you know, a bunch of photos for one event and just schedule it out. You'll have enough content for a month or two if you schedule it out far enough. And I definitely see that a lot of the mobile bar owners really, you know, heavily are on Instagram, which is the right thing to do because Instagram, you know, it's the most visual platform of them all. And there's just, it, there's so much to do with it and so much you can play around. Absolutely. I oftentimes tell people that Instagram, if you had to only pick one platform, Instagram is probably the best one for mobile bars. Yeah. That's not necessarily true for all industries, but I think for mm-hmm. our industry, Instagram at the moment is the one that allows you kind of to do the most and to show up in a variety of ways. It hasn't always exactly. been that way, but now you can do reels and you can do lives and yeah. you can do your feed and you can do stories and you can do carousels. So you can do almost all the things you can do on Facebook, all the things you, yeah. you can do on TikTok. So I think you're right. Like, because it's so visual and because what we do is so visual, or at least everyone else, right? It's actually multi-sensory what we do. You yeah. know, event design in a lot of ways is like visual, but we've got something that you put in your mouth and you can taste mm-hmm. it. We've got something that you hold in your hand so you can touch it. So our experience that we provide is actually multi-sensory, which I think is yeah. unique um, about what, what we do. And so when you were developing your brand identity for Riviera Sips, what did that process look like for you? For us, it was definitely figuring out the why of always knowing of why, what is that mission? You know, what is driving you to build your business? And, and also figuring out who, who are you? You know, who are these owners? And for us, you know, the biggest part of our story is that we're Latinx. We're first generation. We wanted to build something. And even the way we built our bar, like, my dad helped us with all the woodworking. My brother's an electrician. Like my mother-in-law helps us with some of the recipes. And it's really a full family business. And for us, I think that really carries a lot of weight, especially now, you know, competing with a lot of the bigger companies that maybe don't have that personal family feel. So we really wanted to push our story, that kind of family story, um, to the forefront. That definitely figuring out the why and also what are you, what are we solving for? That we understand, I know nowadays there are a lot of mobile bars in the area, um, in our area, you know, it's still starting to grow. So how are we going to differ from the other ones out there? And what problem can we solve for the client and making sure that that is already always in the forefront of your marketing? Because um, when someone hits, you know, goes to your uh, website or is looking through your Instagram post and sees, okay, well, it's another mobile bar. Why should I hire them versus this other one I've found? So really figuring out, you know, how do we we differentiate both aesthetically, visually, but also in our story and in our services. Really making sure that that is consistent across all of our domains, across the website, across social, even across all the emails and follow-ups that we do send to clients. Uh, Making sure that is is consistent and on-brand. 
And just making sure that we are consistently yeah, telling that story and showing up in an authentic way that, that really makes us proud and, and also um, makes us connect with more clients. Yeah. So I was actually just looking at your Instagram, which I had seen before, but you, it looks like you launched your Instagram around July 6th. Mm-hmm. You have only 80 posts on your feed. And that includes obviously some of your reels and you've already got over 1200 followers. So it, it looks like the strategy that you're using is pretty effective for a new mobile bar to pick mm-hmm. up, let's say July is five months ago, five, almost yeah. six months ago now. And so you've gotten a really good start. And so when you look at another mobile bar's feed, because uh, we all do this, probably before you started your mobile bar, you were looking at other mobile bars. And, and especially if you did what I like to call a competitor's analysis, which mm-hmm. is where you're looking at the other people in your area to try and figure out how you differentiate, which you already mm-hmm. mentioned. When you're assessing someone's social media presence, what are you looking for in an account that is doing it well versus mm-hmm. someone that's not doing it well? Yeah. And I totally understand also as a small business owner, even just keeping up with social media with one account is so much work. So do not beat yourself up. If you think, you know, you look at your social, uh, your feed and you think, oh God, I should be doing more. Trust me. I think I should be doing more, even though I obsessively spend so much time on Instagram. There's always more to do, but take it day by day. But for me, it's obviously because it's visual again, you know, making sure that your images and your photography are crisp and clear really always helpful, especially if you're taking your own photo. Actually, most of my photos, besides the professional ones that we got done, they're all shot on my iPhone. And I do have you know, an understanding of um, photo editing, so I'm able to judge them up. But even just learning the basics of photo editing, making sure you know your, your contrast is up, your brightnesses are there, so you, and you don't post a blurry, dark photo, because again, that's going to show up on someone's feed and it could affect whether they scroll past you or not. But I also look whether to see if someone is sharing a lot of the same type of posts. I like to see a variety. I love to kind of really learn about a business and all these different facets. So not just photography of just the mobile bar or just you know your product if it's for another industry, but maybe a funny video that they share. Like why did they share it? Maybe a customer testimonial. Maybe they're going to share a frequently asked question that they get from the clients that they decide to post for more education. But I like seeing a really well-rounded content strategy that doesn't rely on just one content format. And like you mentioned with Instagram, how they have all these features to really play around with is making sure that you use all of them. Because the algorithm does love when you use the reels, when you try a live, when you do their stories. Um, so for our strategy, I really did uh, at that point, Instagram was really pushing a lot of accounts who were doing reels and they still are heavily prioritizing reels. I really went in with the reels and started playing with them around shooting something really just simple and putting an audio in it, then learning more how to do more uh, advanced uh, transitions, but really playing around with that. Video is a highly entertainment format. People love to consume on on social. But yeah, like you'll see in our feed, like we have, I've been testing around with like tips, industry tips. And for me, the reason for that is I think a business should establish themselves as the authoritative slash kind of influencer in their space. Really show your clients that you know your stuff. Like if you're a bartender, Share a tip of, of the week of what, um, you know, how to make one of your favorite cocktails or your favorite recipe. And if you're a mobile bar owner, share of, you know, a tip of how, how you think of a wedding set. 
Like, you know, what are the do's and don'ts that you've learned through your experience and really kind of show that you're not all about just, you know, pretty photos and, and all that stuff that you actually, you know, stuff that, that you're an expert in your field. So I love seeing that when businesses really kind of show that side of themselves as an expert. But I also, I love seeing faces. I love seeing, for example, like photos of, of the owners themselves or even like videos if they're able to do that, of really learning who's behind the business. Oftentimes, you know, we, we put all these beautiful photos of, of our bars, but not maybe not of the owners themselves. And that's what I want to know. Of, of what's your story? What inspired you to launch your business? Um, what's your background? Do you, know, do you have a family? All that is just so interesting for me, but also even just highlighting your staff. For example, you can do a little prof- profile on them, even on, on stories or as a post. And for re- so really try to diversify the content. So when someone lands on your feed, they don't automatically kind of get bored scrolling and thinking like, oh gosh, you know, this is kind of a lot of the same content. We really kind of want it. People on social have very short attention spans, as you know. So you really have to kind of try different types of content and videos and even just memes and gifs and funny things to keep them um, constantly engaged with your brand. Gosh, I love that. It reinforces so many of the things that I try and tell the community. One, people do business with people. So make sure Mm -hmm. they know more than just what your bar looks like. They know what you look like, who you are, even if you're not the main person in your business, which is I mean, once you get past the owner-operator stage, when you know you're wearing the CEO hat, as I like to say, you're still the owner of the business. And so, yeah. it, you know, why did you start it? And and your values are going to be represented on your your business mm-hmm. values. And so, like, make it a piece of you, an extension of you. And also, the faces do well on the out. People just like yeah. faces; they resonate with faces. They also really resonate with like pets. So, like, yeah. <laughs> don't be afraid to let your dog make an appearance every now and then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have two cats and they sometimes make an appearance on our stories because they're just always there when we're at home, like you know, doing all the office work. So I love sharing that part. But yeah, as you mentioned, I've definitely noticed even on my own content where, okay, maybe the, I shared, I think, a holiday tip on how to set up your own um, kind of home bar. If you're having like a small gathering at home, I whip that up to a little graphic. And I wasn't, for those, I don't really expect a ton of likes. For those, I really want people to save the post and come back to it. And that's actually what they're doing, which I was really happy. But the post, the type of content that we get the most engagement in terms of likes and comments on are the ones with people in it, whether it's you know my husband and I, our staff, or um, shots that the photographers get from the events. People want to be able to kind of envision themselves what it's like being there, grabbing a drink from your bar or at the event that you were. So that, that was a little kind of insight that I learned about my content that I think would also work for others. Yeah, I love that. I love that insight. I think we've... I have about four years, almost five years worth of experience with Instagram and posting. And um, the other thing that I've noticed does really well are drinks that are in groupings. So not just a single drink, but like lots of drinks. Mm-hmm. For some reason, people like that. And I've done A-B testing on it. it, it <laughs> like They blow up every time. They like drinks that have color. So yes. pink or purple or some blue even. They love the color change. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, it's the whole sensory thing of mm-hmm. like you know, people's eyes when they look at a photo at an image, you know, it's scanning, right? It's going through wherever the biggest kind of a uh, either colors that stand out or objects. So it's multiple that more than one object in a photo, it's going to be scanning and spending more time on that image. 
which then Instagram kind of uh, signals that as, okay, this person is spending a lot of time looking at this post. That means it's really good content. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And that, that's one of the reasons why I think if, if people can get outside of their comfort zone of just doing feeds, yeah. reels require people to watch the reel if they're into yeah. it for a longer period of time. So one of the experiments that I have done is content or something that I might have just put in like one block on a, a feed post. Maybe it's a step-by-step, like a recipe, for example. Mm -hmm. And so there's just like three different ingredients and then the instructions. Turning that into a carousel actually requires people to spend more time interacting with that post. And so it's the same content, but maybe it's four slides instead of one. And so the the algorithm likes it more than, than if it was just a feed post. And you can also very easily with Canva and probably other programs as well, Uh, turn that same content, (laughs) yeah, turn that same content into a reel that's a video. So you could do the same content either as a carousel or a reel, and then you can just compare and see which one does better for like your particular audience. But mainly your goal is to keep people engaged with your content Mm -hmm. for as long as possible. And what you'll find, I think, or at least for it has worked for me, is that you have to create less content to get the, 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 the more followers and the likes than you otherwise would have, which actually leads me to my second question, or I don't know, third question at this point. If I was a busy entrepreneur, which I am, and I only had 20 minutes to a day to engage or to do social media, uh, Mm -hmm. what would be your suggestions? Where would you start if I only had 20 minutes that I could get into a rhythm with? Mm -hmm. I would definitely, especially if if you're using Instagram, definitely use stories. I mean, stories is also something that Instagram does love when accounts um, when accounts share. And mainly that's because the way stories do show up, as you've seen on, on, on Instagram, when you open the app, is they're at the very top. They're the first thing that you see versus a post where you kind of have to scroll to find them unless, you know, the algorithm magically shows your post in front of that, that person. But stories will always be up there in that banner. And the more someone clicks through your stories, the more often your story will show up at the, at the first, on the first position. So, and what I love about stories is that you don't have to, they don't have to be like super high production. It could be literally behind the scenes of you maybe uh, like stocking up your warehouse or how you're even cleaning your, your bar or even some of the paperwork or just some little tidbits of behind the scenes doesn't have to be beautiful. You don't have to be wearing makeup if you don't want to, but just something little quick there to make sure that your story bubble is always being refreshed and showing on top of uh, people's uh, feeds on there. So that's what I would do. Definitely always try to story. That's what I try to do is share at least one or two stories, even if, it, if it's also sharing someone else posts on my story that is relevant to what I do, like a funny reel or a meme or another inspiration post that I find. That's always great to have and really quick and low effort, as long as you're always also crediting the original person as well. But also secondly is engage. Social media is a social platform. It's a social... These communities are made for engagement, for people to talk to each other, to like each other's posts. So what I do quickly is I'll go through my feed kind of in a quick little swipe. And I look at the vendors that I follow. Like I follow a lot of the local like wedding vendors here, caterers, uh, DJs, give them a like. That really takes a split second. And as a even owner yourself, you understand how much you appreciate that. Give them a like if they you know created something really cool, if they're sharing a cool photo or a video give them a quick comment of like, that was so cool. I would love to learn more so forth. And 
that's even how I've built a lot of my local relationships is by just constantly engaging, asking questions, giving them kudos for what they're doing. And then sometimes that conversation gets taken to the DM where we're like, hey, let's collaborate or let's meet in person for coffee. And, and that's why I love and what I really take away from social media is that those social connections can actually really become in-person connections. So yeah, so to recap, if you only have 20 minutes, try to do some stories daily. Don't worry about the post in feed posts so much. Do stories a little bit more and then just engage, be a human, talk to people, comment and like. Oh my gosh, that last that last tip is everything. That's the gold right there. Um, especially if you do more than just emojis. If you're in the stories and you're watching stories, so they make it very easy to drop an emoji, which yeah. is cool. But if you drop a comment while you're watching the stories, you actually live in their DMs at that point. So you're yeah. getting, so especially if you're engaging with like venues or other event planners or florists or other people that are what I call amplifiers, if you're constantly giving them kudos in their DMs and they like, they might just love it and not do anything else with it, but you're becoming a name that they remember and recognize and they're associating it with like serotonin, which makes them feel mm-hmm. good. Right. So, like you are making them feel good. And therefore, when they see you out and about, or if someone is like, I need a bar service, they have a positive association with you. And all you've done is engage with their content. It's so powerful. Yeah. And don't be afraid to slide into people's DMs. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you're giving love. (laughs) Yeah. If you're giving love and asking a question, if you're curious about something, most people are willing to share. Yeah. I mean, I think that. No one is immune to this. I get messages from all over the place, but if you catch me in the right mood or at the right time and I'm in my engagement mode in Instagram, Mm -hmm. I've been known to like give really extensive information to people who have asked right there in the DMs just because I'm like, oh, you took the time to watch my content, ask it in a question that I thought Mm -hmm. was a valuable one. I'm going to return that with a valuable piece of information that might I only share with like coaching clients or something like that, right? So you never know what you're going to get if you actually start building relationships, even if it's just in the Instagram DM. And that's actually a strategy that we would use uh, back when I was working for a brand to connect with big influencers. Like if you email them right away, you know, cold email, chances are slim that they're going to respond back. So what we would do is kind of do the soft warm up where you would like their post, then you would comment, then maybe you share the posts and then you slide into DMs and really kind of warm them up for that final like email where you're going to ask them for a favor. So it definitely still works in this case. Oh, love that. I love that. Okay. So what is the biggest no, no, that I've got one I'm happy to share. Uh, but what is you when you see somebody do something on Instagram like that makes you go? Um, I would say it falls into the realm of just not sharing valuable content and posting just for the sake of posting. I understand that urge of feeling that you always have to be, you know, on there with a fresh new post, but. If you're not inspired, like you can kind of tell when someone just kind of has a filler post and maybe they wrote like a three word caption with, or just an emoji. Oh, that's another thing too, is always use your captions and write, write, you know, write with, with length. Don't write a short caption, but, and just not, not putting any effort in that post. You can kind of tell what, when there's low effort there and it, you probably won't get that much engagement in that post. So if, whether it's like a blurry photo or just something random that kind of like doesn't really make sense for you to post that in terms of like what you do. 
So always, always have valuable content, always share something that you think your clients or the audience that follows you, something that they can learn from, something that they can be inspired from, or something that you're telling them to do or, you know, ask a question. But yeah, definitely not sharing valuable content and not thinking before you post. It's something that I see. Yeah. On that same note, uh, you were talking about the long captions. Mm-hmm. That's another opportunity for people to spend more time on yes. that post, even if it's a feed post, right? Exactly. Um, and one thing that I've noticed, because again, algorithm is always changing. When I first started Bar Magnolia's Instagram back in 2016, we garnered a a fair number of followers pretty quickly because it was just a totally different world back then. And and now it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's harder to get followers. It just requires a different strategy. And so back then, a lot of the people would just reshare stuff. Maybe there'd be no caption whatsoever. It would just Mm -hmm. be right. Like it was just an image. One thing that I've seen that, that people who kind of still operate that way, or maybe they just have like a one word or two word, you know, like, my bubble bar is sexy or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, like a and cute an little motto or something. Right, <laughs> right. A uh, nice view, yeah. emoji face, right? Those get, in my, from my mm-hmm. perception, even if someone has 14, 15, 20,000 followers, you go to that feed and it's got like 66 likes. Yep. And you're like, wow, you should be getting a lot more engagement on this post for having almost 15. It was posted eight hours ago and there's only 66 likes. And and some of that, I think, is that when it doesn't have much of a caption and people aren't really engaging in it, then Instagram's not boosting it because yes. people are just scrolling by. It. So what are they going to do? What do they add to that? What do they add to the picture? <laughs> it was pretty to their eyeballs, but why would they engage with that, right? Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I think they give some context, ask a question, include a call to action. Not mm-hmm. every post. You don't need it. Yeah. Like nobody wants to every post to be like, comment below your favorite yeah. view or whatever, right? But you know, like you're saying is change it up every once in a while, use different, uh, but, but make sure that every, every time you post has a strategy behind it. Like it's building mm-hmm. towards something bigger. I love that. Yeah, I, love I mean, that I'm advice. definitely, I'm, you know, as a marketer, you always, you're always pushing, you're always trying to storytell. So don't miss an opportunity to tell that story. Let's say if it, if it is a photo of a nice view, where were you? What were you, what were your thoughts during that beautiful view you're taking in or what led you to get to be there? People want to want to read a story. They want to learn yeah. something new about you or your business. So don't miss the opportunity. You can, I don't even know what the character length for this captions are, but you can really, really write a lot. <laughs> you can. So you you can. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely maxed it out a number of times because I can get somewhat wordy, but uh, but it's a it's a lot of words. Yeah. So I'm going to share that my my the the things that I see that people do that really kind of create a feeling in me that is unpleasant, uh, no. but not not from a judgmental standpoint, but more from a that's not helpful. So the first thing is not using their bio to communicate three things: who they are, what they do, and who they serve. That's really all you got to get in there. It, and there's they give you a lot of room in your bio. Not a, not a ton. They, they make you, you know, be curated about it. Yeah. You have to be but succinct. Who you are, what you do and who you serve. And then the second thing is. Oh, and where, lo- where. Yes, yes. Thank you. That's yes, what I was just yes, going to say. Exactly. Location. Uh, location. I, I, I can't tell you. I wanted to, I've DM'd a couple small businesses, not in the bar industry, but in other small businesses. I'm like, Hey, just friend the reminder, like, please put your location. Cause I was trying to find you. I don't know where you are. <laughs> Yeah. And especially with us, because we're on wheels, right? But like, 
and it, I've seen people that are like, well, uh, they found me, but I'm seven states away. Well, yeah. you might be seven states away because on your Instagram, you don't have a location. Or on occasion, people use location signifiers that maybe mm-hmm. are hard for people outside of their niche to know. And I, and, and so for one, one example exactly. is like 30A. I happen to know that 30A is a place in, in Florida. But if I didn't, oh. let's say I was... Now you didn't know, I've never right? You're from it. California. <laughs> so if you saw someone's bar that was located in 30A, that's not a location to you. Is right? that an apartment? That's <laughs> a building. I don't know what that is. Right. And so there's, there's a double-edged sword because the people okay. who do know will know and they will see you, right? They're like, oh, 30A, that's not too far for me. But you might actually get a whole bunch of people that are outside of your, your space that are super disappointed because they're like, oh, I love your bar. But then they go and like look out and you get all these leads that maybe don't mount to anything yeah. because they thought you were local. Uh, I've had a few of those because I, uh, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And there's also like a Nashville in like Indiana or something uh, very, very un- infrequently. But try and be specific about where you're mm-hmm. located, where people can see it. And I know that yeah. be- in the beginning, a lot of times people are like, but I'm on wheels. I can go anywhere. And while that's true, will you go anywhere? (laughs) Will you? Right. And they're like, well, for the, for the right amount of money. Sure. But most people aren't reaching out with a $3,000 travel budget. So if, if you put your location there and someone really loves your bar, they may still be willing to have you travel. It doesn't impede people from reaching out if you have your location. So yeah, those are my two biggest pet Yeah. I've seen a couple of bios where maybe they don't put an exact location, but they'll say like area search. Right. right, like Central California or so- SoCal, which you kind of okay, you get an indicator of at least you know where and you're that's going to totally travel. Totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least you have you need to give people a reference point of hey, can right. I book you or not? Right, right. Yeah. So those are those are my those two that's things I'm one. always looking for. Are are people using their bio for the proper information? I also encourage people not to use their bio to tell people the types of events they they will serve drinks mm-hmm. at. Which this one's less of a pet peeve, but if mm-hmm. you're like weddings, corporate, baby showers, that sort of thing, people kind of already know that. They kind yeah. of know that if you serve drinks, you can probably serve drinks anywhere. Mm-hmm. So while that's not unhelpful, that's still helpful because that's one of the yeah. like what you do, right? I get that. But I like to see when people say or what they're what they do, what do you do that's different than everyone else? How do you set yourself apart from every other mobile bar that's out there saying we elevate the beverage experience, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what everyone says. So like, what is yours? And some, I'm like, you know, like we bring a funky, fresh approach to bartending. (laughs) That's cool. Someone who loves funky is going to resonate with that, right? Oh, I will admit that we do have uh, right now in our bio, we list out the events we do. And that's because I find that we are still kind of in that brand kind of awareness space in our region of yeah. what's a mobile bar? What should I use a mobile bar for? And so people have been loving getting those prompts of like, oh, for a baby shower, you're right. I can, you know, we have a little bar cart as well, in addition to like a big horse trailer. So, but yeah, definitely agree. It works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, also, I would add test your bio, change it every other like, I do. Yeah. And the other thing, I didn't know this until very recently, the title for your, your, your profile, Mm -hmm. um, actually is searchable. So if you put bar Magnolia in as your title, like your name, Mm -hmm. right. Only people who will be searching bar Magnolia would find it. But if Mm -hmm. you put mobile bar Nashville as your title, 
anyone who's searching for a mobile bar, well, That's it'll come cool. up, right? Yeah. So utilize the the name, which I didn't know. I, I was not uh, aware of this until relatively mm-hmm. recently. And I don't know that it was true until relatively recently. So, but, and the other thing that I wanted to say real quick, because you're like, people like the prompts, you are a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things I think people, if you can utilize your content to inspire people to use mm-hmm. your services in ways they hadn't thought about, that's a big win. So yes. I, I prefer to do, or I prefer to see that and do that in like reels or stories. But sometimes people don't know that you could do like signature cocktails at a holiday party because yeah. they've only ever had boring beverage caterers that exactly. only did full bars. And so they didn't know that there was the option for putting like rosemary and cranberries in the mule, <laughs> in the mule that they're serving, right? Uh, so that that can be very inspirational to people. Yeah. And I love also another kind of going back to your question of what's something that when I see an account that cringe makes them cringe or kind of feel for them if they're not doing is highlights using the highlights on, on Instagram. There is such yeah. a good way that pretty much acts as a secondary landing page for you. Right. And just like you mentioned, you know, that's a really good way to put in all, let's say if you've done some events, all like the baby shower and anniversary or wedding to showcase that and give people that inspiration of what you can do with a mobile bar. Yeah, I love this. I never really gave too much thought to highlights. And then I had been doing... I collected all of my cocktail pictures into a highlight reel. And I started getting all of these questions about menus. And I was like, why am I starting to get questions about menus? And it was because I had in my highlight reel for cocktails, oftentimes placed the cocktail in front of a menu. And they had been designed by various different calligraphers and that sort of thing. And so I knew at that point, people were actually utilizing my highlight because it wasn't like I was highlighting menus, but that little indicator was like, oh, you're getting that information from my highlights. You're you're actually using these. And so the ones that I like to recommend for mobile bars are if you have more than one bar, uh, Mm -hmm. your bar, your fleet, cocktails, your team. I love this one because uh, especially if you have uh, not even a big team, but you have some key players, then people can kind of be like, oh, that person was in the highlights and now they're at my wedding. So it's not just about, you know, like the Sarah show. more, More personable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously testimonials, that's another good highlight reel, yes. um, to put in there yeah. because you're already sharing them hopefully. And so you might as well just collect them all in one place yeah. uh, at the same time. So yeah, I love that you mentioned highlights. That's the thing. I do. Doing, um, right. So yeah. many things. So yeah, so many things, so many little functions to really try to keep people on, on your page, which is the main goal is, you know, keep people on there so they can engage with their content and then ultimately follow you and keep engaging with your content from that. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm going to say that people probably don't do enough that I realize like people kind of feel yucky about, but actually is pretty effective. And you'll see it now that I've mentioned it is that ask them to give you a follow. Like if it's a real, like point out, like give us a follow or Mm -hmm. because sometimes we don't think about that. And just having that little prompt, if I don't want to give you a follow, I'll just ignore it. But if I'm like, I really did love that content. I am going to give you a follow. I wouldn't have probably, yeah, I wouldn't have probably without the prompt. So, so you don't feel bad about promoting yourself on your, and encouraging people to follow. I know that feels a little yucky to some people, but it's, it's. I know the reason why I think also psychologically, like why that works is usually when someone is consuming, either they're watching a, a video or, you know, an image on Instagram is they'll, they'll do one action. And that's usually how people act on social media because it's very fast paced to either like, you're going to save something or you're going to comment. They don't really have kind of the bandwidth to do something else. So you have to remind them that, okay, you might've liked this post, but also go follow. 
Otherwise, they're going to keep scrolling. Yeah, absolutely. This has been so awesome. If you were to tell our listeners one thing to go and make sure that they do, like I have, I have one, I'll give you an example. So for Facebook, the first thing, if I was like, if you were going to do anything right now today, go to your personal Facebook profile, change your cover on your Mm personal, personal profile, something about your business right? So it yeah. could be you holding a cocktail with your bar. It could be just a graphic where you, it could mm-hmm. say bar Magnolia, mobile bar serving Nashville, whatever it is. And then go and update to make sure they can, people have your website on your personal profile. Even if your personal profile is locked down and not even like Mark Zuckerberg himself can see your information, <laughs> make sure that your business website is there. Your Instagram handle is there, that you feature some pictures on your, per- this is your personal profile. Yeah. You, they don't have to be able to see anything else, but when you engage in all of these like Facebook groups for your local area, the wedding Facebook groups and all of those, mm-hmm. you don't have to be constantly pitching your services. You can just be helpful. But anybody who's interested in you and you probably get more profile videos than you know, you don't have to be slinging your, yeah. your website all the time. If your personal profile is promoting your business, because people will just find you that way anyway. So exactly. that's like my one tip is make that. Sure that you're using your personal profile to highlight your business, even if it's locked down and nothing is public, at least the cover so image is. I love that. That's such a good reminder. I'm going to have to make sure mine are all updated too. (laughs) But I would definitely say, especially as we're nearing the end of the year, is do a social media audit. Go through, if you have more than one social media channel that you manage, make sure that your website links are working. Make sure you have the location in all your bios. Make sure if you have some kind of banner, like seasonal banner or promo, make sure that gets changed out if that promo or season has ended. Do an optimization of your bios, give them a little refresh and just look through everything and make sure also that your social handles are across your email signature. There's some on your website, they're on your business cards, anywhere someone is having a, some kind of contact with you, drop those social links in to give them you know, another venue, avenue for them to follow across. So, and that's what I like to do, you know, end of the year, it's easy to get so caught up on just everything happening, moving so fast. Take a little time to review, make sure everything's buttoned up, make sure, you know, if, you, if you're going to update your profile photo, you know, that's a good, nice, crisp photo, also good time to schedule a photo shoot if, if you need some new uh, material, but review and start the year with fresh new uh, uh, social pages. That is a, an amazing suggestion and one that I've never heard before. So I personally am going to go do that. I think I was just looking at, at Mobile Bev Pros the other day. And I mean, it's got stuff in there from years ago. And I did this with Bar Magnolia, not too many, I guess at the beginning of the year, I just, I archived everything on the feed and started Mm -hmm. fresh. And people were like, oh my gosh, don't do that. That's terrible. (laughs) Nobody should do that. I didn't lose any followers. It was fine. It gave me a fresh new look. And so I was looking at mobile BevPros the other day and I'm like, I think I just want to like archive it all, just archive it all, start fresh. And so I think that I might, I might do that. I might do my own little social edit or audit yeah. on, um, on mobile Bev pros and kind of give it a fresh new face. So yeah. just make sure everything looks on brand. You know, I know you did a yeah. brand refresh. I'm sure you got all under control, which looks so great, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, Sandra, this has been lovely for, uh, for our listeners. Uh, you will catch Sandra in the Facebook group. She's been uh, pretty prolific since so she's got in there with supporting other people, asking great questions. Again, she owns uh, Riviera Sips out of Santa Barbara, California. And uh, I am going to, on behalf of all the listeners today, just thank you, Sandra, for providing 
such amazing knowledge share with us. And we hope that uh, we are doing our best to also give back to you as well as you grow your mobile bar and your journey in areas that maybe aren't your area of expertise. But thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, no, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everyone who has equipped me with the knowledge. And as my husband and I embark in this mobile bar adventure and this new, new venue here. But yeah, so uh, follow us at Riviera Sips. I do have my personal Instagram, which I don't do a lot of because I'm so busy managing other Instagram accounts. But that my personal one is at Sandra V. That's V-E-E. Drop me a question if you have any. I'm always on Instagram, so I'll probably see that DM. But yeah, and thank you, everyone. I'll see you otherwise on the Facebook group. Awesome. Thanks so much. Cool. Thank you, Sarah. And that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was valuable. I would love to hear from you what you thought. You can drop me a line at hello at mobilebevpros.com or find me on Instagram at mobilebevpros. If you're looking for more valuable mobile bar related content, we have a website full of it. You can find us at www.mobilebevpros.com. And I'd love to see you in our Facebook community, also by the name of, you guessed it, Mobile Bev Pros. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, cheers.